turning to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Reading the first few verses. Let's listen to this portion from God's Word. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I like us to consider the subject this morning Jesus is the door to salvation. Earlier we read together from John chapter 10 where Jesus says that I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. There's a a very brief children's song that is those exact words. I am the door, I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved, he shall be saved, he shall be saved. Jesus says that He is the door. That's a metaphor. That's a figure of speech. We're not to look at some, we're not to picture some wooden door or perhaps even a doorway, uh, though that is the, the, uh, the metaphor that He's using. A metaphor has three ideas you have the topic, the image, and the point of similarity. So, the, the, uh, the topic is Jesus. The topic is Jesus and salvation. The image is the door. So, what is the point of similarity between Jesus and salvation and a door? Well, the point of similarity is uh, Jesus uh, causes us to enter into salvation and eternal life. He is the way. As John 14, as he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way into salvation. I am the doorway into salvation. And so this morning, we're, we're, we're looking at the pieces of furniture in the tabernacle, the priesthood and the offerings, very simply, considering these as pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, uh, John 1.14 was very clearly pointing us back to the tabernacle in the wilderness where John says the Word, Jesus, God's message, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh as God became man. And literally it reads, and tabernacled among us. So John was no doubt pointing to the fact that the tabernacle, its furniture, its uh, priesthood, its offerings, were types of the Lord Jesus. Or Jesus is God come down, Emmanuel, 
to dwell among us. Where we read, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, God dwelling among us. And for God to save sinners, he had to come down, not just as God, but as God and man, and uh, minister and die on a cross to save us from our sins. Well, just briefly for those who are on Facebook, we have a little diagram of the tabernacle and the priesthood. And you can find diagrams online. Or if you have a book about the tabernacle or even the uh, book of Exodus or Leviticus may have diagrams. But in the Old Testament, you also have the image of a door as, as we believe a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. For instance, Genesis chapter 7, the ark. The very first verse says, Come thou into the ark. But how are they to get into the ark? The ark was going to save them from God's wrath, the universal flood. The only human beings that survived God's judgment was were the human beings who were inside the ark. How did they get in? Well, the Bible says that when they got in, that the Lord shut the door. Verse 16 of chapter 7. So we believe that that too is a picture of Jesus. He's the door. There was one door into the ark. And you had to go through that door to get it to be saved from God's wrath and secure. And the Lord shut them in. Whether that was because the door was so huge or we're not exactly sure, but the Lord had to shut them in. And in a sense, He had to cause that that uh, pitch to cover the outside as well. So it doesn't tell us that, but the Bible says though that Noah used pitch inside and outside to secure the ark from leaks, from the water getting in and, and uh, so on. And that word pitch is to cover. And again, it's a picture. Jesus covers us from God's wrath. And He covers us uh, in salvation. And then you find over 50 times in the Old Testament the door of the tabernacle or the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Similar expressions like that. And Let me just read the first few verses in Leviticus chapter 1. Leviticus chapter 1. We read, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt offering of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will. Notice, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Verse 4, And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. 
He shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priests. Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. You have this expression, door of the tabernacle, over 50 times in these scriptures in Leviticus or Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and other passages in the Old Testament. Over 50 times. The door. Not the doors, but the door. The door of the ark. The door of the tabernacle. Jesus is the door of the sheepfold. Jesus is the way. These are conveying that Jesus is the door to salvation. As God says, said to Noah and his sons and their wives and others who may want who who, who may have d- desired to go in, come thou into the ark. So the message today is come, come to Jesus. Come while the door is still open. Come before the door is shut. Everyone needs to be saved, and salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Most homes have a main front door where people usually indicate where people are welcome into that home. Well, there's one door into salvation. One door to be secure from God's wrath. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the door, John 10, verse 9. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus uses the illustration of a door to describe Himself. He has many metaphors. What one picture can exhaust the glory and the successful work of Jesus Christ. He is the Good Shepherd. He is the Bread of Life. He is the Vine. We have many metaphors and illustrations of the Lord. He is the Door. In other words, He is the way to salvation from sin. And He is the way to God for security from God's wrath. May I say, this speaks of the exclusivity of Christ. Christ is exclusively the Savior of sinners. There's no one else that can save sinners. And that's my first point. Christ is the door. He's the only door. God's Word says that the Lord Jesus is the only door. We have to start with the fact that the Bible is God's Word. can't go any further than that. You've got to accept that the Scriptures are God's authoritative Word. That thus saith the Lord is the final message, is the message for us. And biblical images and sayings throughout Genesis through Revelation show us that Jesus Christ is the only way. Like Noah's ark had one door, and the Lord shut them in. Once He shut the door and shut the inhabitants in the ark, it was too late if you were not inside. And We understand from biblical reckoning that it took Noah and his sons and other patriarchs that were alive and died before the flood, and perhaps friends 
unsaved people. It took them a hundred years to build the ark. It was a massive project, a massive boat. And people had plenty of time to discover why this was being built and what was going to happen and what the message was. And Noah, we're told, was a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching. Yes, he was, pre- he was, he was preaching visually the message. Get in to the ark when it's complete. Get in uh, before the storm, before the flood, before God's wrath falls. And no doubt, they were inviting people to get in to the ark. There was plenty of room. There was plenty of room in the ark. Perhaps it was the third floor that uh, was the floor where the human beings had their quarters. And there was plenty of room for those who would desire to enter. Jesus is the door, the only door. Jesus, as Noah built his ark, Jesus came to earth and God prepared a body for him. God made Christ as the door. Jesus is the Son of God having taken flesh. And Jesus was preaching to people for a long time that they needed to trust Him as their Savior. And for centuries, people have heard the message, Jesus is the door. By Him, if you enter in, you will be saved. He's the tabernacle. He came and tabernacled among us. He was virgin born. He's called Emmanuel. Isaiah 7.14 A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. He is the tabernacle of God dwelling among us. The Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Son Himself said, I am He. I am the Messiah. I am the One who's been typified. I am the door. How bold and how clear, how simple is that? There's no other door. Oh, how often people are knocking at all kinds of doors. But Jesus is the door that will lead you into salvation. Jesus said, All who came before Me are thieves and robbers, those who would purport to be the way of salvation. And if you climb up another way, you're a thief and a robber seeking to rob God of His glory and deceive people to think there's any other way. What would have happened if, if someone climbed over the walls that surrounded the courtyard and the furniture, and the holy place, and the most holy place. What would have happened if someone dared to climb over the walls and not go through the door? No doubt they would have been struck dead, whether it be by, the, by lightning from God or by the, the tabernacle officers who would have been like Phineas, jealous for God's glory with a, a sword, with a javelin in their hand. Oh, anyone who seeks to find another way or anyone who seeks to climb up another way to heaven is going to be eternally lost and is going to be condemned. God is jealous for the glory of His Son. 
God condescended when the Son of God took human flesh and forever is now both God and man. He's the door. And may I say, not only is He the only door, He's the compatible door. He's the only door that could have saved sinners. In other words, the nature of the case requires that Jesus Christ, God and man, is compatible to save sinners. You see, human beings sinned. And sin brings condemnation, God's justice. But the only way sinners can be saved is that justice is mingled with mercy. How can justice and mercy meet? How can uh, righteousness and peace kiss each other? By the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In other words, man must die in our place. Real humanity. Not just any man, but a man who is God. That is the biblical doctrine. A man who is God must live and die in our place. Therefore, Jesus is, in the nature of the case, He is the only one that can save because He is both God and man. He's a man who is God. He's the God who became man. He's always been God, the Son of God. But He became man when He was born of the Virgin Mary. He is Emmanuel. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. In Exodus 36-37, we have the, the material that, that made up the door to the tabernacle. Interestingly, it's, it, it was, the colors were blue, purple, and scarlet. Blue, speaking of the deity of Christ. Purple, His royalty. And perhaps scarlet his humanity in that he would be crucified. The first sight when you went through that door was fire, smoke, animal sacrifice, bird sacrifice. That's what first met your eye when you went through that door. You saw blood. You saw fire. You saw smoke. You sensed the wrath of God immediately. And Jesus shows us that in order for us to be saved, that He has to die as the God-man. He has to shed His blood. So we have the only door. We have the compatible door. We have, thirdly, the rejected door. It's countercultural to say that Jesus is the only way to salvation. It's countercultural to say that exclusively Jesus saves. The idol of variety. Oh, God is a God of variety. Think of the variety of, of birds and the variety of animals and the variety of, of butterflies and the variety of human beings. But variety can become an idol in the subject of religion. There are people that say there are many roads to Rome but may I say, there's only one road to the Scobie Dam. What's, what's that have to do with, with the price of corn? 
just because there are many roads to Rome doesn't mean that there are many roads to heaven. Matter of fact, Proverbs 14.12 says in 16.25, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are people that will say, I think this is the way. And that's, that's the danger. It's what we think. I think this is the way it should be. I think that God would tolerate this. I think that there's going to be a second chance after I die. I think that everyone is going to end up in heaven. That is the danger. Our thinking, our reasoning, our seeming to think that this is the way it is. God is the one who knows and He makes it very clear. No man, Jesus said, comes to the Father except through Me. No one, He says. Not a human being. Not one person. No man cometh to the Father but by Me. People are, are insulted and people are, are embarrassed at the bigotry of Christians to say that Jesus is the way. That's one thing that is... That, that is upsets especially young people today. The bigotry of Christians that we say that Jesus alone is the exclusive Savior. Is it bigotry to say the sky is blue and the snow is white and the grass is green? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sin." He's the one that said, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. They despise this one door. But if you despise Jesus and you reject Jesus as to your condemnation, oh friend, He's made it so simple. God made it so simple. One door. That's the way into eternal life. Why would we seek another door if this is God's door to heaven? He's despised and rejected of men, Isaiah predicted. There are many counterfeit doors that people have sought to open to their own demise. The counterfeit door of good works, not by works of righteousness which we had done. The counterfeit door of any religion as long as you have religion. The counterfeit door of wishful thinking. The counterfeit door of money. The Bible says, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but only righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. The counterfeit, no door is needed. God just simply receives you into heaven. The counterfeit doors of Mohammed and Buddha, these are men who died and were buried. And they have, their, their flesh has rotted in the grave. But Jesus' flesh is resurrected from the dead. He is ascended to heaven. He is the only Savior. He is the Messiah. Look for no other. Don't reject this door to your own condemnation. Don't be ashamed to be countercultural. The Bible says the world will perish in all its lusts, but he that does the will of God abides forever. May I say that this is a working door. This is a door that works. There's no wall when you open this door. It's a doorway when you open this door. It leads into eternal life. In other words, it works. 
you know, a door that's broken, what use is it? It, it remains closed or it, it, it doesn't do its work. But what did Jesus say? I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. In other words, it works. When the door opens, you walk into eternal life. Like Genesis 7, when Noah and his family entered into the ark, they were secure. The door shut. They were inside. And the rain began to fall. And perhaps the lightning and thunder began to be sensed and seen. The wrath of God fell, but they were secure inside the ark. It worked. The ark worked. Forty days and forty nights, they were inside that ark, and they were not harmed by the lightning, by the rain, by the flood. The door worked. He's a door into salvation and security. You can say when you've come to Jesus, once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was lost, now I'm found. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was an old creation, but old things have now passed away and all things have become new. And Jesus even says, not only that you'll be saved, but you'll grow. You'll, you'll be sanctified. Notice he goes on to say, and you'll go in, you're, now you'll be able to go in and out and find pasture. In other words, he's talking about the fact that whether you're in the fold, in the church, fellowshipping and, having, and, and enjoying public worship, whether you're out in the world being a witness, you're finding pasture. Believers can find pasture in a parched wilderness because the Lord is with us and He feeds us His Word. Day by day, you find pasture in the church and pasture outside the church as you serve the Lord. That's a wonderful text, isn't it? You, you'll find, you shall go in and out and find pasture. This door works, friend. Jesus saves. May I say from personal testimony, Jesus saves. Forty-four years ago this month, forty-four years ago this month, month I was a stinking lost, condemned sinner. And I heard the Gospel preached in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I called upon the name of the Lord. And the weight of sin was lifted off my shoulder. The, the, the sinful, wicked heart was removed. And God placed a new heart there. Jesus saves, friend. He saves us from our sins. And delivers us from God's righteous wrath. And I close with the thought that this door is open. It's an open door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. In other words, the door is open. It's open right now. Come to the door. Behold the Lamb of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are saved. The door is open for the righteous to run into it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. The door is open, friend. Come to Him. May I give you another personal illustration? After I was converted in the spring of 1979, there was a fire in our dormitory. And I had 
It was a Saturday night. I was preparing to go to church. I, was, I went to bed early, unlike the first two months of college in the fall, where I was out early morning hours being inebriated and, and showing forth the sinner that I was. But in the spring of 1979, shortly before uh, the second semester was over and we were headed to our homes, there was a fire on the sixth floor. I found out later that a, a man had set fire in his room because he was angry at the school and angry at his teachers. And even though the fire itself had not spread from that room, the smoke had spread and it was filling the sixth floor. And all I was hearing was running steps and screams. And I heard that ever since I was converted on Friday and Saturday nights. People breaking every single light bulb down each hall before they finally got smart and put cages around the light bulbs. But I was listening to the same thing I normally heard on Fridays and Saturdays. And I, I was way in the corners of three room, a three roommate room. All the corner rooms were three men. All the other rooms were just two. Well, my two roommates weren't home. They were out partying. It was only about 11 o'clock in, in the evening and I was sleeping in the corner. And the screams kept coming. The, the knocks kept coming. But that's what they did on Friday and Saturdays. They were just crazy. And I just kept saying, go away, go away, go away. But for whatever reason, and I know now, it wasn't my time. I got up in a disgusted way to see what was going on in the hall. And I opened the door and black smoke just struck me and knocked me to my knees. And the only thing I could see, there was a, a little tunnel of, of fresh air going about two rooms down. There was the stairway. And there was a person in the stairway. He was ready to close the door. And he said, come. He saw me open the door. And he said, come. All I saw was a man saying, come. And it was a light that was right there to the stairway. And on my knees, I crawled to this man. And he grabbed me and went down the fire stairway and survived. That's the message today, friend. Come. The fire is going to happen. The Bible says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Lord is saying, Come. There's, there's an opportunity for you to come. The smoke. Is, do you not see the smoke? Do you not sense the fire? Is sooner than we think. There's an open door, just like that open door to the stairway. It was ready to close. That man told me in seconds he was going to close that door. I don't even know if he knew I was in that room. But he saw me when I looked on the floor on my knees. I could just see him and he looked over and he went like this. I suppose if he knew I was in the room, he would have tried to get in. But maybe he was one of the ones that knocked. And he was, he was just basically saying, okay, there's no one else on the floor. But the Lord had one last opportunity. I would have been overwhelmed by that black smoke. Come to the door. It's open. It's open for now. Jesus is the fire escape. 
as that fire escape in 1979. Jesus is the fire escape for you if you trust Him. Soon God will shut the door. Time is short. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture.